الجزيرة بودكاست Rachel Ambrose lives outside of London and when we reached her it was the middle of the afternoon and she was in her living room wrapped up in layers and layers I have my cardigan on my scarf on Even now in the dead of the British winter the heat is off in her house for most of the day Even when the heating is on it's not on full like it used to be you know when it gets a bit toasty And there's a couple of reasons for that One is Rachel's heating bill. It's gone up from 160 pounds to 400 pounds in just a few months. But like so many other workers in the UK, her wages have not. Our wages have dropped considerably over the last decade or so. We've lost like 20% of our wages. So Rachel, along with well over 100,000 British workers, went on strike. The strikes in the UK are the worst they've been in more than 10 years. Border force staff have now announced that they too will strike, joining rail workers, postal staff, teachers and university lecturers, ambulance staff and transport workers. And now Britain's Prime Minister Rishi Sunak is threatening to introduce new laws, making it even harder for British workers to go on strike. I'm Halima Hayedin. And this is the take. For many British citizens, some of the most worrying strikes are those involving the National Health Service or the NHS. It's the UK's publicly funded healthcare system, a service practically every person in the UK will use at some point in their lives. It's also where Rachel works. I have been a mental health nurse over 20 years now. When we got hold of Rachel, she just had a few minutes between a work meeting and picking up her daughter from school. It didn't take long though for her to explain how much she loves her work, but it's gotten a lot harder, especially since the pandemic. It can be a very challenging environment. as well as very rewarding which is why I've stayed in it for so long unfortunately we are seeing much more serious cases young people going into crisis self-harming or causing a risk to other people as well and when Rachel joined 100,000 nurses on strike in December she said it wasn't just because of her struggles to pay those heating bills regularly not just on strike days our staffing just isn't where it should be we don't have enough nurses rostered on to work to make the shift safe you're already short two or three nurses or more sometimes for a day and the roots of these problems were planted years ago she says and it's not just rachel a recent report describes quote decades of neglect under austerity measures Hospitals are ill-equipped. There aren't enough buildings available for surgery. The funding has not been there. It's like the tap has been switched off partway through my career. Around 2010, around that time. Rachel's seen these problems in her work firsthand and how it's affecting children. We had a mental health in schools team. They were too expensive. 
some of the kids with autism. It's so difficult to get seen by anybody. Parents are pulling the hair out. They want help, but every door gets closed in their faces. So now nurses are trying to fight back, asking for better working conditions, more money for the NHS, and a 5% raise, plus the rate of inflation. These strikes are historic, the first time the Royal College of Nursing has organised this kind of action ever. We've had a lot of Prime Ministers, um, Theresa May, Boris Johnson, uh, we've now got Rishi Sunak. I've missed one out there, haven't I? Liz Truss. But I think they all have a similar outlook and ideology. And I don't think hardly any of those people would access NHS care the way that the majority of the UK do. And Rishi Sunak, the current Prime Minister, says the government can't afford what the nurses are asking for. What the unions are asking for, I think, is a 19% pay rise. And I think most people watching will will recognise that that's obviously unaffordable. And that's why I'm pleased that the health secretary is sitting down, talking to the union, and hopefully we can find a way through this. The government says the money just isn't there to give the nurses what they want, as well as giving the National Health Service what it needs to survive. The system has broken them down so much. All of those services that used to be there, they're just not there. They're not there. We all know when it comes down to seeing our GP, again, you have to get through a whole maze of issues before you can get to see them face to face. It's like that for everything. It's just going to get worse. People are leaving. Rachel's seeing nurses quit, hoping for better options and close to 40,000 nursing vacancies remain unfilled. They've left the NHS role that they had. Maybe going abroad where nurses are kind of respected financially. But for now, she's determined to stay, which means explaining to the kids why they have to dress up in winter sweaters even when they're at home. I think like most families, we've had to have that honest conversation with them. Her daughter's in grade school, but her boys are older, so with them, she's pretty blunt. They're teenagers, so showing them the bills as well, going as far as that for them to actually see how much extra we're having to spend, which means we didn't necessarily have as much for Christmas. So maybe it's not surprising that Rachel's been seeing a lot more of her colleagues joining unions and going on strike. But now, even that protection may be at risk. Prime Minister Sunak is introducing legislation that could keep some NHS workers and every other British worker at their posts, making it much harder for them to strike in future. I just, I can't believe that this is his priorities at the moment. Um, And it's six o'clock, I need to go and pick up my little girl. While Rachel rushed out... I spoke to an expert in labour law who's been thinking a lot about how the UK got here. I'm Lord Hendy. I'm a a Labour Party peer. Lord John Hendy has been in the House of Lords, the upper chamber of the UK Parliament, since 2019. I spent the last 45 years as a barrister. My dad was a trade unionist, a trade union official, so I was sort of brought up on words like arbitration and things like that. And I specialised throughout my professional career in representing trade unions and dealing with 
industrial relations and employment matters. Well, let's start with what's happening right now here in the UK, because, you know, we've seen strikes, industrial action in this country before, but certainly I've not seen anything like this in quite some time. It's being described in the media here as a winter of discontent, just because there are so many strikes happening right now. Yes, it's right. I mean, from a historical perspective, it is striking. And it's not just one particular group who's undertaking this, is it? It's across the sectors. I mean, junior doctors, are they're balloting for strike action. The trains are on strike. Border forces on strike. We've had nurses striking in the UK for the first time ever. First time the Royal College of Nursing have ever called a national strike. Yes, you're right. Postal workers, driving examiners, support workers striking. I mean, I'm starting to lose count, but (laughs) have I covered the main ones or is there anyone else I'm missing? There's quite a few categories of civil servants either balloting for industrial action or strike action. Manufacturing, there's strikes amongst bus workers. It spans both public sector workers and private sector workers because all are feeling the pinch. Thousands of ambulance staff, paramedics and 999 call handlers have voted in favour of strikes. 40,000 members of the RMT union started five days of industrial action with a 48-hour walkout across England, Scotland and Wales. Postal workers were striking, rail strikes, border force staff, driving test examiners, security staff and some civil servants are also walking out. Disruption across the UK that will impact almost everyone in some way. We've just come out of the COVID-19 pandemic. We've had a war on European soil, which continues to this day. We've got an energy crisis. Inflation is rampant. We've almost got something of a perfect storm. It is a fair assessment. And it's, it's interesting that the disparity between wages and inflation is greater in Britain than almost any other country in Western Europe. And that's why there are more strikes here than there are in, say, France or Germany, because people are desperate, having to make the choice between heating their homes and eating. And British children, children just like Rachel's, are hurting as well. It's estimated that now that more than one in four children are living in poverty in Britain, The reality is that it's not trade union leaders that are motivating this wave of strikes. It's the members themselves. They're the people who are panic-stricken about whether they're going to be able to put food on the table and brew a cup of tea. When you lay it out in those terms, it is quite surprising because the stereotype is that it's France that's a country that's always on strike. We know that Germany has its fair share of strike action as well. And in the UK, perhaps not so much. What's led us to this point? Well, I hate to say it, but it's government policy, isn't it? After the break, why and how striking in the UK has become more difficult than ever before. 
Hey guys, Sami Zaydan here from the Essential Middle East podcast. You don't want to miss our next show. It's about digital authoritarianism in the Middle East. Check it out. I'm talking to Lord John Hendy, English barrister, politician and expert in UK labour law about the wave of strikes rocking the country. But it's not the first time the UK has faced this level of mass worker action. Comparisons are made with the strikes of the previous winter of discontent of the 1970s when we weren't able to keep the lights on in this country and so on because of just this constant series of rolling strikes. Miners walked out in protest, had plans to close their pit. What would follow was a year-long national strike that became one of the most bitter industrial disputes in living memory. The government at the time really reformed labour law. Do you think that this history has impacted the trade unions in the United Kingdom today and their ability to advocate for their workers? And do you think we're going to see more reform coming in a bid to sort of control the strike action? Yeah, so, I mean, the comparison with the 1970s is an interesting one because in the 1970s, actually, workers were better off than they have ever been since. Hendy says there was more money going into wages than profits back then. Inflation was quite high too. But at that point, strikers had more leverage. They were able to get what they wanted, sometimes to the despair of the general public. This 12-foot-high pile is part of two weeks' rubbish just from the market. And this is the rest, piled outside the local refuse depot. Like others in central London, it's been closed now for two weeks because of the dustman's indefinite strike. Riding on that discontent, Prime Minister Margaret Thatcher arrived in 1979. And she helped introduce new laws restricting picketing and keeping union members from striking in solidarity with other unions. Here she is in Parliament, touting her victories. We've fought off some of the most difficult and vicious attacks during the coal strike that this country's ever seen. And that this year we have had the lowest number of strikes since the whole of the post-war period. The laws themselves made the union's balloting process more cumbersome. Ballots have to be sent by post, not electronically or by hand which is more time-consuming and expensive. Unions also have to serve notice before striking. And the notice has to specify the number of workers to be called on strike, the workplaces of the workers, the categories of the workers and so on. And all this has got to be absolutely correct. New fines and penalties were created for unions who went on strike without properly following the rules. And all of that, Hendy says, resulted in a redistribution of wealth. One of the effects of restricting the right to strike has been that the share going in wages has diminished in comparison to that going in profits ever since. And that was the real motivation. And it has had a profound influence on trade unions. It's made it very difficult for a union to call a lawful strike. And by doing so, reducing the power of workers to control their terms and conditions. Which brings us back to Prime Minister Sunak and the proposed strike legislation. 
the government's saying that it is planning to introduce anti-strike laws to guarantee what it calls minimum levels of service during industrial action in the public sector. The principal one is the requirement on unions to provide minimum service levels. That's to say they call a strike but provide a minimum service. So what does that mean? One in every 10 trains or one hour of, of trains in every 10 hours? or And how are you going to run uh, one train an hour or whatever the agreement is unless you've got a full complement of signalers up and down the country? So this legislation, you know, it's still being drafted. It's not, it's not come together yet. And it's going to take a, a good while to, when it is drafted, to go through the House of Commons and the House of Lords. Where Lord Hendy himself will be working hard to stop it. But even if it does get passed... By that time, strikes will have continued or will have been settled. And there could be more legal battles after that. It would certainly be in breach of international labour standards and so forth. What do you think the future looks like right now as far as labour relations go in the United Kingdom? Well, I personally think that the unions have been ingenious and in ensuring that the strikes that they call comply with all the multitude of restrictions that the law has placed upon them. And I think they'll do that in the future. The only way in which they can express themselves is to withdraw their labour. Certainly in the 1980s, Margaret Thatcher, she kind of inherited these enormous strikes from coal miners. And she was following kind of similar strategy to Rishi Sunak's following now, just to hold firm, not budge. It's take it or leave it. And if you don't like it, tough. And, you know, those coal mines closed. Does Rishi Sunak not have a point that maybe he can just ride out this wave of industrial action? Well, he might think that, but I, I can't see it. I just can't see that as a remote possibility. I mean, some strikes are obviously not going to succeed, but others will, and eventually they will be resolved by negotiation. What's needed is not to restrict the right to strike, but to negotiate a settlement. It's so simple, it's so evident. All these disputes are always resolved in the end by negotiation. Do you think perhaps the biggest threats would be not more strikes, but just people simply downing tools and walking off the job? In uh, the National Health Service and in social care, that is what has happened, isn't it? People have just walked off the job and said, we've had enough. They've given notice, but they've walked off the job and said, we'll find something else to do. But, it, you know, for the average worker, you've got to have something alternative to be able to put the bread on the table, haven't you? I just find shocking, absolutely shocking, in the sixth richest country in the world after all these years. And, and here we are, we're in a worse position now than we were after the Second World War. I mean, there's, it is heartbreaking. Heartbreaking. Meanwhile, there are more nurses' strikes planned, and Rachel may be heading back to the picket line. We have not done this before on this kind of scale for nurses in the UK, so it shows that strength of feeling is so high. We've struggled for many years, and enough is enough. 
And that's The Take. This episode was produced by Amy Walters with Miranda Lynn, Chloe K. Lee, Nagin Oliai, Ashish Mahotra, and me, Halamahiyadeen. Alex Roldan is our sound designer. Aya Elmalek and Adam Abogad are our engagement producers. Alexandra Locke is the Take's executive producer. And Nay Alvarez is Al Jazeera's head of audio. We'll be back on Wednesday.